welcome back to another edition of the podcast, um, where we chat about um, we chat about. <laughs> thanks for laughing. Now I don't know what I'm talking about. We're chatting about uh, what we what we talk about on Sunday, what we what Paul preach about on Sunday. We just break. Email us down names for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Email us names yeah. for our podcast. Should, that's what we should do a, yeah. con- a, a contest. contest. Yes. Yeah. For for the new name for the podcast. Podca- the podcast. We'll call <laughs> it the podcast. There's the name. The We're going deep. I don't Michael know. Scott yeah. driving in. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we are week four of our uh, sing series, and so Mara, why don't you uh, just catch us up where we're at in this series and what we're doing? All right. So this month we've been looking through the book of Psalms, which we talked about is basically a, a hymnal, a song book that's right in the middle of the Bible, and. Um, the songs cover a lot of life experiences, a lot of different um, reasons that we can have to sing, to praise God, to offer worship, even when life is not perfect, even when it doesn't look the way we want it to, that there's always a reason we can, um, we can think of a reason to, to praise God. Nice. So this, Paul. yeah, this yeah. week was Psalm 32. So yeah. Read it. Sing or read it. Um, How about if I just read it? Can do, yeah, that probably <laughs> for the benefit of our <laughs> listeners. I can only viral see audience. <laughs> Blessed is the one whose transgression, transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, your strength, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let the faithful pray to you uh, while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with the songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. All right, so... Yeah, we're singing because we are forgiven, right? We're, we're singing because um, of the forgiveness that God offers us and just the, a lifestyle of forgiveness, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Um, man, I just, this wasn't even in, in my initial notes of, of things to talk about, but just as you were reading that, um, I just love the kind of the about face that comes about in, in verse five. Um, so maybe, I don't know, let's talk about like that. What David, like David is saying one thing and then all of a sudden, um, he, re, he, he confesses uh, and he kind of experiences this forgiveness. And so then it's just like this about face, like um, not that circumstances are changing, but like uh, it's changed. So I, I don't, maybe that's a starting point. And sorry for not preparing you with this discussion topic in our notes. But uh, maybe what is it like? What role does forgiveness play in our uh, maybe in our perspective and as a turning point in our lives? I don't know if that's a good way to phrase it. I think that question. turning point's a good way to phrase it because when you talk about repentance repentance is not just hey i'm sorry i'm going to keep doing the same thing but repentance is a turning yeah uh, you know it's going it's changing of direction and so you know i i, I think that when you see you do see uh, a, a change in direction in, in in the psalm and 
and you know from from someone who's needing forgiveness to and not that he doesn't ever need forgiveness again hmm. but the yeah. one who is faithful and is going to do their best to be faithful to the to the call in the, in the direction of god yeah i know i'm totally going to butcher this whole reference but the idea sometimes that you don't change until it becomes too painful not to. Mm. I feel like I kind of see that in verse three and four, where he's talking about like his bones wasting away. Like he can literally feel his life. I mean, he is becoming more miserable by the second, mm. by the day. And so that, it, unfortunately it took him getting to that point to realize his, his need to turn. Um, and then, yeah, kind of that idea of, okay, well, once I admitted this, I, I acknowledged this in my life, I confessed it, I uncovered it, I stopped trying to continue on that path, then I've experienced this idea that like of God being my hiding place, my protection. And I love the phrase the songs of deliverance. Like, man, I want to know like what yeah, what does that really right. what does that sound like? Somebody's singing songs of deliverance over you. So I do I feel like there's that I, I kept trying to do this until I couldn't do it anymore. And I don't know, how do we avoid getting to that point where we realize I can't do it this way anymore, where we're quicker to, to turn, quicker to change. Mm-hmm. And that phrase always the Bethel song I think it's a Bethel song always goes the you know, songs of deliverance mm-hmm. uh, I think it's yeah. one of their songs yeah uh, so so let's again this is completely off of notes but <laughs> um, so let's uh, maybe let's run with that idea what what does what stands in the way of us getting to this turn so what I'm seeing here is like David is just I mean he's being crushed by the the weight and the the guilt of maybe his sins and um and and we've all experienced that i'm sure of like trying to cover up and then it's a cover-up that covers up the cover-up and it's just this weight like and it's difficult and painful to try to uh to try to keep that covered up and then you kind of uncover it and and have that moment of forgiveness and it's just like this crushing weight has been (laughs) lifted off because i'm no longer under the pressure and, and so we've experienced that, and we know that, we see that in David. I guess what keeps us from what keeps us from doing it sooner <laughs> keeps us from getting to that point of just this crushing weight. What do you think? We've all experienced, or I, I've experienced in my life, and I've seen uh, people experience in their life this this unwillingness to admit that they're wrong. I mean, it's just it's just. You know, you'll, you'll harm relationships. You're, you'll harm your own physical being. You'll harm your mental well-being, and I guess it's just pride. Yeah, it's a self-worship. It's just I, I, I've got to do this. On I've got to prove that I'm right. Uh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what, what if the first um, inclination of your day was okay? I don't have to prove I'm right today. I want to prove that God's right today. <laughs> what, what if that became kind of the way we, we went through our day? Okay, in this in this conversation with this person, it's not about whether I'm right. Uh, now that's a hard place to get. That's easier said than yeah, done. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I, but I think that's what it is. I yeah. mean, we, we just well, I I'll speak for myself. I can be stubborn, and <laughs> and I want to be right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, I'll about kill sure. myself trying to prove that for I'm sure. right. Yeah. yeah. My dad would always say, Paul, Paul will be telling you why he was right while you're knocking him through the wall. (laughs) So that's kind of my personality. I try not to do that. And I was thinking, um, I kind of mentioned on Sunday, but I was even talking with a couple, I've talked with my kids and some other kids, just that reaction, like, I mean, it's almost like this physical, visceral reaction that we have to this idea of telling someone 
that they were right and I was wrong. And like almost like that we will avoid that at all costs. And I feel like there's a time and a place where our, our emotions, our thoughts can kind of play a trick on us there that like if it feels wrong and if I'm having this then, then that's not the right thing to do next. We talked about this, what was it, last week, how like sometimes the right thing to do is actually the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so it will almost be like, oh, well, it's, it feels easier, it feels better if I don't have to do that because that seems really hard and really mm-hmm. painful. And so, But then it comes down to like, well, you kind of choose your heart yeah. then. You sure. choose whether you're going to walk with that crushing weight or whether you're going to mm. face off with with your ego, with your pride to say, hey, yeah, no, I've really messed up there. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes back to what I think it was last week we talked we talked a lot about identity mm-hmm. and the difference between failing and being a failure. And so, you know, if my if my identity is is caught up in my success or my ego or my pride and um it's just e- well, not necessarily easier, but it's better for me to to kind of cover it up because to admit that I have failed is to also admit that I am a failure. Um, and so somehow kind of figuring out that identity, again, that failing is not does not make you a failure. Understanding that our identity is in Christ. And so we don't have to cover it up because I know that, man, even if I did fail, even if I sin, um, God offers me that forgiveness. And uh, it doesn't make me a failure. And so we just, man, we just keep piling on and trying to cover it up because, yeah. Or we, we half measure it. I mean, so, so, you know, say say you have a, a, a spat with your spouse. Never. You know. What? And so you say, <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I guess I'm sorry for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so sure. you, and it's the same with God. It's like, well, you know, I guess I'm sorry about that, but, you know, really, yeah. you know, it's 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 this person's <laughs> fault or yeah. it's this circumstance's fault and. And 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 we we make excuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do believe that we. One of the things you need to teach kids, um, and I hope I've taught my boys, is you've got to own your mistakes. Yeah. If, if you can't own your mistakes, mm-hmm. you never can move forward. Mm-hmm. If you can't see, if you can't acknowledge, okay, this is a failure. This is this is where I messed up, and I need to take responsibility. Even if you can't yeah. point to other circumstances. It, it, you'll end up leaning on those other circumstances instead of leaning on your own failure mm-hmm. and allowing God or, or just generally in life mm-hmm. to, to become a better person through through the, the failure, the mistake, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so we, we tend to, even when we say we're sorry, we tend to seek to, to make it less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well I love like, I was just thinking how often, and I've tried to challenge myself over this recently, if I say I'm sorry, and then the next thing that comes out is but, yeah. then I, I read somewhere like that totally negates that whole part because because I'm really not sorry. Because all they see I is the felt butt. justified in what I did. So if, yeah, exactly. And uh, what do I look like? Um, but so if I say I'm sorry, but you did this, like what I'm saying is what I did was okay. I would, like I wish I hadn't done it, but it was okay because of what yeah. you did. And so I'm trying to learn how, okay, even if there were situations where I reaction was based off of somebody else's, like owning up to, that doesn't give me any right to react the way that I did. I can, I can continue the conversation. I can let them know how this, you said this, it really triggered me or it really bothered me. But my response is not okay because 
mm-hmm. of what they did. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm trying to learn, okay, if I say I'm sorry, that word but better not be part of that sentence. It's like, no offense, but exactly. I'm going to offend I'm gonna you. Offend you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but since I said no offense, I say anything I want. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it covers me. <laughs> but I feel like we often feel the need to be so defensive. For sure. And I think sure. that's even when we kind of half apologize, we're still trying to defend. We're still trying to yeah. explain mm. how how we were actually right, even when we did it wrong. Mm. And I think that that's not what we see modeled in Jesus. I was listening to a podcast and they talk about like the ultimate opposite of defensiveness would be the way that Jesus lived, mm. even in, through his trial, even through his yeah. crucifixion. He's like, so if somebody criticizes you, they're like, you have two choices. One is that their, their critique is valid, and so you change. Or two, it's not, and you can ignore it and move on. Like, we don't have to engage right. everything. We don't have to be so defensive. Haters going to hate, as they say. Right? Mm. Just kidding. Um, that's good. That's good. Um, so, as, as I'm thinking through this, I'm seeing forgiveness seems to be a... Uh, a fairly common theme among David's writings in the Psalms. I mean, just uh, just from as I, I was jotting some down, Psalm 32, what we have here. There's forgiveness that comes through in Psalm 40, Psalm 104, Psalm 51 is kind of the the big one where uh, after uh, David's been called out for his sins with Bathsheba um, and Uriah, and and, he, and he's called out, and so it's this kind of um, poem of of seeking forgiveness. It seems to be a common theme throughout David. So I'm wondering. Is there, because we also know that David, like his, his main identity is um, a man after God's own heart. Like maybe let's talk a little bit about the, um, the role that forgiveness plays in David's identity as a man after God's own heart. So is there a correlation to David, like the, this theme of forgiveness being a significant deal and his identity as a man after God's own heart? I think, I think David's, and see, I, I tie forgiveness to, um, to, to the ideal of humility mm-hmm. uh, and, and right humility. Uh, you know, not, not um, you know, meekness is not, you know, doormat, but it's strength under control. And so forgiveness is controlling your need, your ability to, to seek judgment. And I think David practices this, mm-hmm. that he's this meek guy that his strength is under God's control. And you see this in all sorts of areas of his life. But one of us, when, when, when he is the man, <laughs> and I think that's what, uh, I can't remember the prophet that came to him, whoever the prophet was, says, you're the man. Yeah, Nathan. 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 Yeah. And, and so David was able to see, I'm the man. Yeah. And, and I think there's an element of humility, of understanding self. And so, yeah, I think that's true. I think yeah. that... His, his identity as a man after God's own heart is connected to his ability not only to seek forgiveness, but to see himself correctly, uh, to see himself as a part of something bigger, God's plan. And so with, with Saul, he's not trying to, to force the issue, but he's allowing God to, to move through uh, the circumstances. Yeah. yeah, it seems like he was often moving towards trying to restore and reconcile relationships both with with people I mean think about Saul like he I don't feel like ever really wanted Saul to feel like he had this ill will towards Mm -hmm. him Um, his desire would have been I think for yeah them to have a a working relationship but even every time it seems like yeah when he keeps talking about forgiveness like he just wants that relationship with God to be restored Mm -hmm. he wants to have that reconciliation yeah and and you know I never thought about this but you know David's response to Saul 
is a response of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's constantly, sure. I mean, listen, sure. I've not done anything. And, and he, he, he stands willing to forgive Saul's dramatic, mm-hmm. awful mm-hmm. sins sure. against him. And so there seems to be a connection to me in David's ability to ask for forgiveness and David's ability to, to give forgiveness. Right. That, and even, you know, see with Mephibosheth, you know, that, you know, that's a, a yep, level of for sure. forgiveness, Absolutely. you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I, that's, that's good. Um, and I, and every time I think of Mephibosheth, I always think of that great line and he ate at the king's table yeah. and he yeah. was lame in both feet. Yeah. Yeah. And you believe it? He was a cripple. He had crutches regularly at the king's table. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's, I think that's, that's good. That, like, I just think, you know, you can, um, you know, David's a man after God's own heart. We, we hear that all the time, but like, you can look through his life and, and pinpoint boneheaded things, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, this is not what it looks like to be a man after God's own heart. But, but again, I'm something like that openness to this idea of forgiveness, both from God, but also offering it to, to other people. And so, yeah, I think that that's, um, I think that's, that's big. So let's, Paul, you, you, you kind of talked about that um, with Saul. There's that, this idea of forgiveness uh, between God and, and, and David, but then also David and other people. Let's use that as a, as a way to shift gears here just a little bit. Forgiveness seems to be, like throughout Scripture, forgiveness seems to be tied to some kind of prerequisites. Um, if you confess your sins, uh, you'll be faithful to forget, I can't, I'm butchering the, uh, the quote there, uh, but he will forgive. Basically, if you confess, God he will forgive. Just forgive yeah. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Uh, I was close. Um, uh, but then also uh, Matthew. They don't know what translation you're quoting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> it the, the new life translation. The, the new Josh made up translation. Um, yeah. Uh, Matthew 6, 14, 15, and you talked a lot about this in your, in your sermon. Um, right after, like at the end of the Lord's Prayer is this. Uh, kind of instruction that you have to forgive in order to be forgiven. So there's this prerequisite of in order to be forgiven by God, you have to uh, forgive. In my mind, as I, as I'm thinking through this, and you know, having been taught about God's grace and like God's free gift of like there's no strings attached. You know, we we kind of paint it as this picture like it's just a gift. There's no strings attached. There's nothing you have to do uh, to earn it. But then we read. Again, passages like, if you confess your sins, God will be faithful and just to, to forgive them. If you forgive others, then God will forgive you. There seems to be these requirements in order to get forgiveness. So in my mind, like, there's a little bit of tension there of like, okay, is this a free gift, grace that's undeserved, I didn't do anything to get it, or are there requirements? What do you guys think? Solve the problems, please. Right. Some of this analogy will break down, but like sometimes you think, like, I can give someone a gift, and it was free. They did nothing to earn it. But if they never open it, did I really give it to them? Like, I mean, did they accept my gift? Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's a point where he, he's willing and willing to offer this, but our accepting of that looks like us recognizing our need for it. Yeah. Um, our, sure. us, us asking for forgiveness. Um, and, and I think it also comes down to this whole idea that like our salvation, like there's really not a personal faith. Like it's not just about me and God. Mm-hmm. That's right. At times it is, right. 
but it's not just that. And so do I want my life to be better for me? Do I want to feel clean and forgiven? Or do I really want my, my world to be better because of my relationship mm. with God? And so if forgiveness mm. is just for me, right. then it has nothing to do with anybody else. And I think that there's this very much this tie between the forgiveness is for everyone and I experience it and I channel it. Mm. That's good. I like that. Experience it and channel it. Let me go back to confession. And, and, I, and I say this, a theology that does not include a healthy dose of confession is a bad theology. Mm-hmm. And so if your theology gets you to, the, you to the point where you never believe you have to confess mm-hmm. or ask God for forgiveness mm-hmm. again, I believe that's a bad, yeah. that's a flawed <laughs> theology. Because what you're saying is, I've arrived. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us have arrived. Now, mm-hmm. now I understand our, our doctrine and, and I fully validate it. Absolutely. Uh, but, but I believe what I found in my life is when I reached that point of entire sanctification, to use our lingo, that was when God began to point things mm-hmm. more That's regularly right. and right. I was more willing to say yes to God. And, right. and so confession, confession does a number of things. First off, confession, daily confession, I think is, is almost a recognition that God still has more in mind for yeah. us. And I hope based on who I am now that God has more in mind for me. Yeah. And so a daily confession, a, you know, the ability to confess as God lays things on our heart uh, allows us to continue to grow in our faith. And so I, I, I would hope our people would, would have this understanding that you know, God has filled us, he's using us, but he's still growing us. He's still maturing us. It, like Paul says, you know, not, not that I fully arrived or not that I've achieved it all. You know, I, I press onward towards the goal, uh, the upper call of Christ. And that upper call, I believe, to, to live in that upper call includes just an element of confession. I know that's yeah. a little bit different about what no. you talked about, but I think it's, I, I think it's vital we understand yeah. that. When I think confession has gotten a bit of a, a, a bad rap or a bad twist at times, where we picture this idea of, I tell my sin to someone and yeah. that person is where I find the forgiveness. Right. And I think we're just misunderstanding really what that word confess means. We talk about other times about confessing Jesus as Lord, confessing him as our savior. Confessing is, is speaking the truth. It's professing something. And so if there's, sin in my life, I would, I speak the truth when I confess that it's there. If Jesus is Lord of my life, I speak the truth when I confess hmm. him as that. And so I feel like confession is really just this idea of being honest and speaking the truth without, without hiding. It's coming into agreement with the, the yeah. truth, right? right. Yeah. It's claiming the truth. And, but even, even, you know, that we can get caught up in this idea of it's me and God. It's me and God. Mm-hmm. It's me and God. For sure. To be honest, most of our sins um, are relational sins. Yeah. You know, when it's a sin, mo- mostly it affects mm-hmm. another relationship. Right. And so there, there's an element of um, <clears throat> confession, even in the midst of asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I say something to Terry that just wasn't right. Well, you, you know, for, for me to, to go to her and say, you know, I really shouldn't have done or said or whatever, I'm sorry there's an element of confession in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and so, you know, I, I, you know not, not that God's not involved in that equation. We, you know, we hope God is involved mm-hmm. in that equation. Mm-hmm. But, but there's an element of the personal relation. And so sometimes I think if we really want to get to that point where we're growing our faith, there may be somebody you need to talk yeah. to about that. Yeah, yeah. I think, so part of the, maybe part of the tension of this idea of like, I have to do this so that God will do that. I have to forgive so that God will forgive me. I think part of the, uh, 
maybe the tension comes from this idea, and I don't think it's necessarily a the right idea of forgiveness being a transaction. Yeah. Um, so like, I forgive this person so that God will forgive me, and it's just just this transaction of things. Uh, and and I think that that trips us up when we when we see it as a transaction. Like, I give this so then God will give me this. And then that just demolishes the idea of free gift and grace and, and things like that. Um, I think maybe what, what's more accurate is forgiveness is an invitation of a way of to a way of doing life, um, a way that rec- like a way of life that reconciles us and God, but also invites other people to to this idea of reconciliation. And um, and so I, I don't know. This is just my weird theological thinkings of, of, you know, when did forgiveness take place? Was it at the cross? Is that when forgiveness happened? Did forgiveness happen when I asked forgiveness? Or did it happen at the cross and when I asked for forgiveness, then it's just me coming into agreement that I am forgiven? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys have thoughts on that. But but I think, again, that, that points to this idea of, like, you know, there's no like forgiveness is this single transaction time, and, and as opposed to like it's just this it's this invitation to doing things a different way, the way that that Jesus did a life of forgive a life of reconciliation. Um, does that make sense? What I'm yeah, yeah, what yeah I'm also saying that invitation all? is like for your your participation because I feel like yeah, when when sure. you feel that crushing weight and all that stuff I think some of that comes from the fact that like I've decided that I can do this alone I can make things right on my terms I mm-hmm. I know the best way forward and so yeah you're not walking in that forgiveness I'm not accepted the forgiveness but to accept right. the forgiveness is also to release my ideas yeah of what actually makes things right 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 and so it's not this like again it's not this transaction it's I not that God wants to withhold forgiveness from you, but like to live in forgiveness is to participate, to walk in that. And, and so this denial of that on the other end, like this way with mm-hmm. other people is to kind of reject this, this way of doing life that God invites us to. Which I think is why we can sometimes talk, sorry, about no how we can offer forgiveness even if someone has not requested right. it. Right, yeah, that's right. Because if it's just transactional, that's right. then I need to sit here and keep track of all the people that need that's to right. apologize to me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm willing to forgive them as soon yeah, as it happens. As as, and, yeah. But like, if I live in forgiveness, if I mm. walk in forgiveness, I'm giving up my my rights mm. to make that right on make my terms. Right, yeah. I, I keep thinking of the parable of the lost son. And it's kind of a weird peril, but the lost son comes home, and what's the father do? The father throws this great big party, and there's all these relationships, and yeah. they're all connected. Mm-hmm. And what's the older son does? He goes and stands outside. Yeah, right, right. And so what? What I think what God is inviting us to is the party. That's right. And and, and you know the, the relationship between the son and the older son and the dad was okay. Mm-hmm. He hadn't done anything. Yeah. But he's refusing. He was refusing the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we just simply refuse mm. to step into the party and, and, and live in those relations. I mean, it's a relational yeah. Yeah. image. That's good. Yeah. And the son has chosen For sure. just me and you, Dad. Yeah. Hey, it's just been me and you. Yeah. Why don't you come into the party? Your son was, your brother was dead, yeah. and now he's alive. Yeah. And so it's not like, again, like you said, the dad's not withholding forgiveness from him because there, there wasn't that. It wasn't that sin or whatever. It's just yeah. It's, he's he's, he's rejecting the, the invitation to a 
to something different. God's inviting you to a party. Yeah. Uh, come on in. <laughs> yeah, that's join, right. Join yeah. with people. Yeah. And it he's takes a, other people. Yeah. He's inviting us to this way of life that is This isn't about... a COVID-19 party where it's you and popcorn watching movies. This <laughs> <laughs> is other people. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. That's right. That's right. Woo! And it requires us to do things, yeah. right? Like, it requires yeah. work among... He had to reconcile um, with his brother. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's but when we when we make it this transactional event of like okay I've done this now you can do this for me and then, then it's like okay that's that's really hard to reconcile and it's hard to yeah it doesn't make sense. Um, I think that this this may lend itself well to this this idea because um, we we talk about this need to forgive and I mean the biblical command uh, command to to forgive. Um, it's it's easy for me to think about that need to forgive when someone steals my parking spot at the mall. Like, I mean, I, I hate it too, but I can forgive that within you know fifteen minutes or so. Oh my gosh! Total malls. I, I mean, I that's what I heard. About, I heard about that. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Malls are on their way out. Apparently, total malls. <laughs> um. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, um, how long so it takes you to forgive someone take, for I mean, taking so their Yeah, okay, maybe it's maybe okay. <laughs> on a good day, I can do it in ten minutes, Mara. But <laughs> most days, it's fifteen. <laughs> Depends on the weather, too. That's true. That's true. Uh, it, okay, why would okay? That's easy to forgive, right? Yeah. Like that—that's easy. The truth is, there is there's significant hurt that happens to people, mm-hmm. and and I'm like significant. Um, how do we maybe, perhaps we can we can chat here and, and maybe provide some pastoral perspective on how do we walk walk with someone, um, encouraging forgiveness in the midst of significant hurt and, and like and I I keep saying significant and I, like you know traumatizing life altering child abuse Being abused um, yeah child. for sure for sure uh, abandonment know, for, um, first off forgiveness is not reconciliation mm-hmm, there, there's two mm-hmm, different things for sure and sometimes you know sometimes for you know ultimately i think god wants forgiveness to lead to reconciliation but sometimes it will not number one it should not yeah should not the other person will not change or even if the hurt is so significant there can be forgiveness but there never will be that yeah. level of reconciliation mm-hmm. and that's 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 okay yeah for, forgiveness is is more of a release Mm-hmm. than anything else. Mm-hmm. I, I use the word transaction. It's a transaction between you and God, mm-hmm. but it is a releasing of yeah. something to God. Yeah. And so when, when we forgive, it's saying, I'm not going to carry this mm-hmm. anymore. I'm not going to carry this grudge. Um, you know, it's like Rudy Tomjanovich. I always remember he was a basketball player in the 70s and he got hit by Kermit Washington, broke his whole face and his Kermit Washington. And he ended up being addicted to drugs mm-hmm. and, and because painkillers. Yeah, and then it, right. had, you know, sure. it took him out of the NBA. And I heard him interviewed, and he said, you know, bitterness and unforgiveness, I mean, it's what he's talking about, is like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt somebody else. And so there's people listening to this podcast that you've got something with someone else that you're carrying that sometimes the other person's not even carrying. And it's eating you up. And so it's to your benefit just simply to release it. Uh, maybe that means you you write a note. Maybe maybe it just you, you write a note and you burn it. Yeah, right. Uh, sure. But it, it's more of a release than, than anything else. At least that's how I have mm-hmm. always taught it and mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. yeah, it seems like forgiveness is something that you can offer 
yourself. Like that's an individual thing. Reconciliation is definitely requires both parties to want to work towards it and want to work towards it in a healthy way. Yeah. Like so, yeah. I think there are times when that may not be an option now or 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 ever on this this side of mm-hmm. eternity. But um, forgiveness is not the same thing as as that doesn't make it right. It just means that yeah, you've given up your yeah. Yeah, forgiveness doesn't... Your hold on yeah. it. It doesn't... I don't know what I'm looking for. It doesn't ignore the wrong. Like It doesn't sure. say, oh, okay, it wasn't wrong anymore. It, right. Yeah, yeah. It says, I'm not going to carry it anymore. And, and, you know, you don't have to be asked. In the passage I read, uh, they're asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, you got to give it. Right. But as I read and understand the Bible, forgiveness does not have to be asked sure. for from for sure. our perspective. And I believe um, the reason that, that God puts that... Uh, in that way is that he understands what unforgiveness does to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so unforgiveness is more harmful to us and our relationship with others and our relationship with God. And so even if an, another person never says, hey, I'm sorry for that. Mm-hmm. And, that and there's a lot of things in your life that people will not apologize for. Yeah, that sure. person that took your parking spot will yeah. probably never no, call you on the never, phone and apologize. Not it's not and, uh, jerks. But, but if you carry <laughs> that and carry that, I mean, it's, 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 you, you, you kill yourself spiritually, yeah, relationally. Sure. And so God gives us this, it's, it's really an invitation to a way of life. Right. They're saying, listen, I'm not going to carry these things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. let go of them. What, I don't care yeah. what the other person does, yeah. but I'm going to let go of these things. Yeah. And I'm just going to breathe free. Right. And so, you know, really forgiveness, you, you can forgive like that. Sure. Sometimes it's not that easy, yeah. but you can forgive yeah. like that. Reconciliations, yeah. hard work. Yeah. Um, and yeah. not to say that you'll do it, but, mm-hmm. but it's a much longer mm-hmm. process than forgiveness. I would, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll push a little bit back there. Um, again, thinking of significant hurt, um, when we, when we think of it as, and I think maybe this is just where a struggle might be is, um, when we think of it as again this transaction of like oh i've forgiven this person then the expectation would be that like i never ever have bad feelings about like and so i guess what like i'm thinking if we, if we see forgiveness as this kind of again this journey this invitation to a way of doing life like uh there may be significant trauma that has happened to me and i can I can join in the the journey of forgiveness and, and I can choose to forgive this person. But that doesn't mean that, you know, in a week I'm not going to wake up and just be so angry and, and bitter and thinking about those things. Um, I think that's where the, the kind of the journey comes into play of like every day choosing that, that forgiveness. I, I just, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid to make it sound like instantaneous to where you know you make that transaction and you've forgiven and then all of a sudden all of that is gone yeah Um, Yeah. i agree with that the the only thing i would say is sometimes we have measure and so you know what i think there's process to forgiveness that you have to go through but you need to ask yourself if you're really going through the process Mm -hmm. if you're really intentionally going through the process or if you're not just Going through the process, sure. of holding on, for sure. And so, you know, in, in my in my experience as a pastor, um, it, counseling people, there, there's been a lot of people that I've counseled multiple times that it was, you know, you just really you're gonna have to let it go. You're, you're gonna have to let it go. It's mm-hmm. it's it's done. Not that you've forgotten. Not that there's not harm. But there there comes a point mm-hmm. 
uh, where you have to say, I'm going to move on from this and, and try. Now, you know, that, that, that sounds trite, making it trite or easy, but, but I've seen it mm-hmm. where the choice is, I'm, I still want to hold on to this a little bit. But that's kind of how I remember it. Like you almost need to have that moment where you decided, moving forward, I have let this go. And so the times when I try to pick it back up, no, 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 I'm going to remember back. I decided that I'm going to let this go. I mean, like we think back to crisis moments or big moments in our faith that have changed. Like I can think back to those moments and say, okay, well, yeah, I've, I've slipped and I've, I've gone the wrong way, but like I can remember the time when I decided, hey, I'm all in, I'm right. all yours. Yeah. That's what the rest of my life is going to look yeah. like. So I think yeah, that yeah. there can be those, sure. those instants mm-hmm. For sure. that lead to the, start it, of a journey, the, right? the journey, but that you can keep reflecting back mm-hmm. and go, no, 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 At that yeah. day, that was the day that I decided yeah. I, I can't do this. I'm going to do it differently. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there can be a combination of those. But I, I, like you said, like I think if we always just like, well, I'm working towards forgive. Like you do have to decide at I some point. It. I have forgiven this person. I need help in what that looks like moving yeah. forward. Yeah. And I think we would be remiss if we also didn't acknowledge the role that sometimes further outside help has, oh, yeah. to, has to play in this. You yeah. know, um, it. It's easy for us to say, you know, just seek God's help in forgiving this person and, and choose that. Um, the truth is there there's significant hurt, there's significant trauma, and uh, sometimes that needs to be and, dealt with by outside. And I think neurologists, that they would say that it, there's markings in your brain. For sure. This is, oh, absolutely. You know, these absolutely. emotional 100%. hurts are yeah. not just they're emotional. Not just, no. There, no. There are... There's physical ramifications yes. to some of these things that you yes. have to, you have to rewire how yeah, you think. For sure, for sure. Um, and and I guess that's what I'm saying. You know, be willing to do the hard work. That's right. So that when you go through the process, I think what what I found in my life, um, and I found this practicing law. Some people live for the trauma. Hmm. I had I had clients that I'd represent, and we get to the end of the journey, but you know they would still be calling after and it's like you know your Mm -hmm. case is over Mm -hmm. i'm not making any more money on your case please stop calling (laughs) me okay but they would still live for that trauma for the rest Mm -hmm. of their life Mm -hmm. and you know as christians i believe god invites us to something not easy not always instantaneous but to do the hard work of of rewiring as kingdom people yeah yeah, because I think it goes back to our identity. Like, if my identity and I, like, because there are there are significant traumas that have shaped lives, and like everything about their life really does come back to that yeah. that time of trauma. And if that's where their identity is, that's always going to be the thing like that's going to be the center of their universe. So there is almost that identity shift that has to happen. Like, yes, this is a part of my story. This is a huge thing that has shaped who I am. But I need to find a way that that does not shape who I become, and that I need yeah. to I need to re-anchor my identity right. somewhere else. That doesn't negate that. That doesn't ignore it. Or I'm not asking you to pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah. But this has gotten you to here, and yeah. we need to go a different direction. Yeah. You're you're not shaped. Your your identity is not based on your own failure. Your identity is not based on someone else's failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you you can be a redeemed child of God. Yeah, that's right. Whether you failed or someone else has failed, that's and right. that failure does not have to define yeah. you the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. 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 And so that's what. Yeah. I just I, I I wanted to kind of emphasize that like 
the times it's not just as easy as just saying, yeah. okay, I'm flipping that switch and it's not. And so I, I guess maybe that's the encouragement is like sometimes this does require the hard work of, of professional help. Um, yeah. And that's okay. Uh, that doesn't mean that you're not truly, you know, you're, you don't mean it when you say you want to forget. Like, and, and yeah, sometimes it requires that. more than just that, like, okay, it's done. Flip the switch. In, uh, we have the, to do the hard In the work. ministry, I've been kind of a weird animal because I practice law so long and uh, and so you know in the law you you have some real hard conversations and sure. hearings and things and so then you move out and you're sitting in the the area after and you have your, your lawyers your yeah, colleagues right. so the church i've had people say some real harsh things to me and and you know that's just the, the nature of the, of the pastoring and and i usually don't remember it mm-hmm. and so i've always said it's not that i'm that great of a forgiver it's just my memory so bad <laughs> to have that. So, you know, I'll be in the conversation, I'll, and then in the middle of it, you know, they'll be acting weird, and I'll think, yeah. oh, well, oh, that's right, we had that real hard conversation, and I've forgotten all about it. So, so I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not that I'm that, I just can't remember stuff like I used to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's, uh, that's good. Um, good, yeah. Let's, let's kind of... Start to land the plane here. Um, <laughs> Before it crashes, it yeah. hurts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You a wing just fell off. <laughs> Coming in for a crash landing. No. Okay. Um, well, maybe just for families, let's wrap it up this way. How can we as families, um, how can we model this, this kind of this lifestyle of forgiveness? I think that can be really tricky. I feel like there's a there's a lot of um, talk right now about this idea, like that, like there's a couple of things, like you should never make your child share their toys. You should never make your child say that they're sorry. Like certain, like there's like this whole this mindset out there, which there are pieces and, and things in there where I'm like, oh, what you're really getting at is that my forcing you to do this doesn't change their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really are trying to get at how do we develop that that heart in uh-huh. our kids. But I think, especially when our kids are young, there are times when it's appropriate to to tell them, to instruct them, you were wrong in this, mm-hmm. you need to apologize. Mm-hmm. And, and also be willing to know that the I'm sorry isn't really an apology, <laughs> but at times it, it can be a step towards training your yeah. mouth and your heart and your mind to all come together. I'm right. yeah. um, talking about sometimes our mouths say something that our heart doesn't feel, mm-hmm. And we need to start to learn to make them make them agree. So right. if I'm saying I'm sorry, that's also because I, I know that I was wrong and I feel the need to um, to reconcile yeah. with you. I think I listen a lot of times for my kids to tell, like to kind of see, because our kids sometimes, they hold on to hurts and there's sometimes silly <laughs> ones. You always get to do this. You mm-hmm. never. And so anytime I kind of start to hear them talking in those absolutes, mm-hmm. I'm like, whoo, they are banking up a lot of hurts <laughs> that this person has inflicted <laughs> on them. Keep and track. we, yeah, yeah. And so we're like, hey, we need to, we need to kind of look at this. So I think it's just important to kind of be listening to our kids, modeling, mm. telling our kids, I'm That's sorry. Right. I mean, if I lose my temper, my kids need to hear me say, I'm sorry. Yeah. My kids need to hear me say, I am working towards responding better under stress. I did not do that right. So yeah. I think we need to be humble with our kids. We also need to not be afraid to guide our children yeah. in the way of being quick to apologize and quick to offer forgiveness. Mm. Newfangled parenting. I know it's so hard. <laughs> you were thinking of saying that we don't have our make our kids say they're sorry 
I was thinking, I'm sorry, but that's stupid. <laughs> can't we say, can't say I'm sorry, but. That's, that's, that's exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think, probably, I, I agree, you, you have to, you know, we, my mom would make us hug. I always hated that. I never made my boys do that. But, you know, we'd, we'd make them, I think we'd try to get them to see um, themselves differently. But I tried to model it, too, as much as I could when, when I was wrong uh, three or four times. Um, I, uh, you know, I would say, you know, you know what I did every day, I guess. Hey, yeah. I was wrong again. Because then they started seeing you for who you are. They stopped listening at all. But, but you, you do need to, as, as parents, you have to model that. Um, you know, they, they, they watch. Your kids will watch your relationship with your spouse. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm... You know, we're finding that out. You know, Dylan said something the other day. He's talking uh, about uh, fighting. He said, "Well, we know you and Mom would fight, and uh, we, you know, we know everyone's why you fight in the bedroom, but we never saw you just like in the middle yeah. of us and yeah. stuff. You know how you interact yeah, with sure. each other and for how sure. you show each other respect. Your your kids are watching that yeah. a yeah. lot more mm-hmm. for sure than you think. For sure. Yeah. Um, I had a thought there. And then it just, it just, uh, oh, I, I know what I was going to say. I, um, that, I, like, with the having our kids say sorry, like, is there, like, how can we, uh, maybe the conversation around that is, is what is significant. So, like, again, like, the temptation is, is just in the, in the moment, like, let's just get this over with. Like, you say sorry. Right. Like, you got to say sorry. You heard him say sorry. And because <laughs> I just need to move on. Like, I, I've got other things going on. Um, and so, and then that just maybe again just plays into that transactional thing again. Right. When you talk about like keeping tabs on like, you always do this, you always, and like, you're keeping track of it again. It's it's the transactional thing. Like you know, I, he's done this, 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 and to me, and I've, I forgive him this many times. And again, it's this transaction as opposed to you know what are those conversations that we're having around? Like why are we saying sorry? Right. Um, Where it's, we it's going? because yeah, it's because we're recognizing that we messed up mm-hmm. and that we need to work towards making that better. Um, as opposed to just say sorry, because that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, but, but again, that's hard um, because in the midst of it, like the last thing I want to do in this, in this instance is sit down and have a conversation because you're all driving me nuts. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I just don't want to. Right. Um, it's, it's difficult. Um, yeah, no, I think there's that important piece to like your actions hurt someone else and this is a way that yeah. you can start to bring yeah. bring some reconciliation there yeah i think it's also important i feel like a lot of this drives you crazy when like kids shows and stuff like the kids will be like i will never forgive you yeah. like oh my goodness i yeah. absolutely like yeah. hate that that enters into our kids vocabulary right. this idea that I could just never forgive mm. you for that. And so I think like those kinds of things, it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. What do you mean by that? And what yeah. do you really think your life will look like if you move forward saying that if somebody hurts me, they're out of luck, even yeah. if they apologize, because I'm yeah. just not giving it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, that's and true. always remember that, you know, and this is kind of a harsh lesson because you guys have the little ones in the home and you're thinking that's how it's always going to be. You know, your kids are going to grow up and, and they're going to... to you know, I live together as adults. Yeah. You know, I've got one in Tennessee and one in Mount Vernon. And now he's Spencer's back in Marysville, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and you want your your kids to have lifelong loving yeah, relationships, sure. and, and they will. Sure. Uh, but but really, it's a training ground how they relate to other people yeah. outside the home. Right. And For so sure. that that is the ultimate right. goal that that you're not just building that relationship, but you're teaching yeah. them 
how That's to relate good. to others. That's mm -hmm. good. Yep, for sure. And again, I think that, so I'm just thinking through that conversation around the sorry, again, is probably modeled in the way that we say I'm sorry to our kids as opposed to a sorry yelled at you. <laughs> you know, like maybe helping process that, like this is what was happening, this is what I was thinking, this is what I did, that was not okay, so I need to apologize. I'm sorry that yeah. you were driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the classic, like, I'm sorry that that made you mad, yeah. right? Like because oh, then yeah. it's like because it's, it's on the it's, yeah. It's, right. Like I'm sorry that you reacted that way, as opposed yeah. to I'm sorry for my actions. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah. we keep going back to Talladega Nights. And nobody's know what they're talking about. That's why the hands yeah. are going yeah. up. <laughs> oh, shoot, um, that's good. Any any final closing thoughts there? That's been good. All right, Paul, will you uh, pray us out? Sure. Lord, we're thankful that you have forgiven us. We're thankful, Lord, that um, you have invited us in that forgiveness uh, to, to live uh, in a better way. And not just us and you, but us together. Uh, we're better together. And Lord, I pray for our families. I pray for our church. I pray not for an absence of conflict, but a way to work through conflict in a way that brings glory to you and elevates us in our love for one another. Uh, Lord, life's not perfect. And in an imperfect world, we're always going to have times where forgiveness is necessary and reconciliation is the possibility. I pray, Lord, that we will live towards that. Now be with us as we gather this week for Thanksgiving. May it be a joyous time. Uh, may we be safe, but may we have time with others that we love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God See ya.